the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911 got that deer-in-the-headlights look from the salesperson at your local auto parts store? This, unfortunately, is common these days. But don't stress, there is an easy solution. Try shopping at Westside Auto Supply. Steve, Kevin, and Jackie have over 130 years of combined experience in the auto parts industry. They will only sell you the top quality parts for your hot rod or daily driver. Their prices are competitive with the box stores, so head to Westside Auto Supply at 56 Prado in Slow. Buy the best from the best. Westside Auto Supply. Whether you're driving one of these. One of these. One of these. Or someday, even one of these. Whatever you're driving, Motor Mouths has answers for all of your automotive questions. And now your host, Jason from Absolute Auto Tech. Good morning, everyone. How's, how are we all doing this beautiful almost rainy Saturday morning? I guess almost. It's still pretty nice out. I mean, it's overcast, but, you know, life is life, and we got to take the good with the good and the good with the good. So, uh, <laughs> enjoy it, though, because I think tomorrow is going to be pretty much swipers and headlights. Tomorrow and Monday is supposed yeah. to be like, yeah, don't even bother. So enjoy and get your stuff done this morning. Get your stuff done today, this the, before the afternoon, so that you can just relax and enjoy the rain for the rest of, well, tomorrow. Uh, well, let's get rolling. If you have the time, the place, the space, the parts, the inclination, I want to help you with your car problems, your car questions, your car concerns, car stuff. Give me a call, 805-543-8830. I am Jason, your motor mouth, and I'm here to help you with your car stuff, your car shit. Is what I like to say. I like that. Watch that. Watch that. Watch that, please. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. <laughs> you can text us on the text line at 805-543-8832. Also, mm-hmm. 8830. Also, how about that? <laughs> uh, let's roll. Let's get, let's get going with the show. So... You know, uh, not so long ago, uh, 10 years ago, maybe, um, the medium duty truck market got the state of California started really looking at their trucks a lot closer and trying to they started mandating uh, uh, safety inspections, um, doing a lot of stuff that they've done for for buses for years, similar to what they've done for buses and and passenger uh, large passenger vehicles for years and there was some kickback um of course because there always is anytime there's change um but for me i kind of understood why the state of california was getting involved and and you know for a large part of the medium duty trucks they are owned by smaller operations, smaller operators. So they don't have a fleet of 100 trucks. They don't have a fleet of 50 trucks. They don't have their own mechanics. They're they're smaller um, businesses that do a lot of the repairs themselves and or do it when they have a chance. And a medium-duty truck is a vehicle that you're using. A lot of them are being used five days a week. And so there's hard to find time to... Uh, get get the maintenance and repair work that it needs to be done on it, and 
a lot of medium-duty truck drivers were not professional drivers. They were um, people that were professionals in the industry that drove a medium-duty truck to transport product, whatever that be, whether it's wood or milk or ladders or whatever. Um, And medium-duty trucks can weigh, well, a lot. Uh, compared to the, your average sedan. And whenever something happened with these trucks and it was a collision between one of these trucks and a sedan, the sedan lost dramatically every time. So there was a real need for it. Um, the other thing is, is, you know, I was thinking about how our cars, our normal sedan pickups, small vehicles, and, and when I consider, I consider a small vehicle one ton, so a 3,500 or a 350, uh, dually pickup and smaller, um, these smaller vehicles, um, there's a lot of redundant safety stuff in them. Like for instance, uh, I was doing a wheel bearing and, and I thought about the fact that on, on a brake caliper on most cars, if it has stock tires and wheels or stock wheels, if the caliper bolts come loose, there's a caliper bracket and then a uh, bolts that hold the caliper bracket to the spindle and then bolts that hold the caliper to the caliper bracket. If either any of those bolts come off or come loose, the the caliper doesn't fall off the car because the wheel on the car holds the caliper in. Now it makes a lot of noise and it's and it can damage stuff and <clears throat> we don't want it to happen. But if it were to, you still have brakes because the caliper is held on or held in place by the rotor and the wheel. And that's just one safety aspect of our cars. Um, the caster, the, the angle, one of the angles of the alignment on the front tires makes the tires stay uh, to where it's safe if something happens in the front, in the front, uh, in the uh, um, front steering. Um, I've actually seen several cars that have lost a ball joint or a, a, the lower control arm has has come off and yes it damages fenders and wheels and there's a lot of damage but the car still can be driven safely uh, at least to a stop you don't die I've, I've seen lots of them with the tire hanging off and all the paints in good shape which tells me that the the driver the occupants inside survived without any damage because if the paint's in good shape it didn't roll over and 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 hurt anyone so there's a lot of you know built-in safety redundancies uh the the fact that the front and rear brakes are isolated so if you lost the brakes on one or the other you still have the other to slow down and we have a parking brake to help in the as a third backup um like I said, there's a lot of redundancy and safety redundancies in our cars. The firewall, the steel firewall between the engine and the and the passenger compartment. So if the engine were to catch fire, you have this steel um, uh, um, membrane to protect you from the fire and give you a chance to get out of the car. Where when we're racing, you're not there. Um, <laughs> not nearly as well. <coughs> um, so uh, on and and the reason I bring that up is because on medium duty trucks. They're not all built that way because you're trying to take a a chassis, a frame, and make it do a multitude of different jobs. So it's got small wheels. It's got big wheels. It's got small tires. It's got big tires. It's got a longer frame, a shorter frame, um, a fiberglass cab. or, or uh, um, uh, Well, usually the, the, the cab is the same, so you have the safety there. Um, the steering may be different. It, it, there's a lot of things that... 
um, are not nearly as well engineered as far as safety is concerned because of all the limitations of the vehicle or the not limitations, but all the things the vehicles required to do. And there are not as many built. So um, you don't have the money as far as a manufacturer to put into safety and engineering in those regards. There's not as many safety restraints on them as far as the federal government's concerned for manufacturing. In fact, a lot of them don't have airbags. Um, a lot of them don't have a passenger side airbag. Uh, most don't. And, um, and I'd never seen one with a side impact airbag. Um, uh, for a long, long time, they didn't have analog brakes. They don't have intermittent wipers. A lot of them didn't have intermittent wipers. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of functions that they manufacturers aren't asked or forced to put on them that they are asked or forced to put on passenger cars. So the, the whole safety aspect of our inspection aspect of it really finally hit home i started thinking about all the things that we do on our smaller smaller cars and i believe that the state of california and in, in in their in its infinite wisdom which is yeah anyway um it really is doing a disservice by not making us have our cars inspected every so often and making sure that they are at at least a safety minimum. And and it was funny, my dad talked about it when he was building his house, how he was so frustrated with all the rules and regulations and, and the inspectors coming by and checking this and checking that. And then later on, as, as he got older and and he looked at it differently, he's like, you know, all of these inspections and safety equipment and everything, all this safety stuff they're asking to have us put on on the, on the house, this is a safety minimum. This is, we've seen major problems with this. Let's figure out some way to make it at least do this. And here's our minimum. Um, and it's, it's kind of, in my mind, it's kind of like if you take a, oh, let's say a Volkswagen Passat. And you put it up against a uh, Chevy Malibu, uh, not the same car, but similar sizes. Um, the Passat is probably going to have better acceleration, probably handle better at higher speeds um, overall. And I'm not talking about yours and, and, and Frank's. I'm talking about overall. Uh, this Passat may be a little safer at higher speeds as far as uh, crash testing. And... Um, it's going to be able to probably sustain a higher speed. In other words, it'll be able to travel at 95 for a longer time than the uh, Malibu. And you go, well, who cares? We don't have, we can't drive 95. And you're absolutely right. But the Passat is made. Oh, we can't, but. <laughs> well, the, but the Passat is designed and engineered around the, the, the Autobahn and being able to drive those speeds because. Uh, if I buy a Passat and I want to go down the Autobahn, I want to be able to go down the Autobahn, where the Malibu is designed for speeds that are, you know, 65, 70, 75, because that's, you know, around the back maximum speed I've seen on most roads, 75. So even if you f figure 80 because you're fudging a little bit, um, it's still not speeds or conditions that Autobahn would offer. So <clears throat> environment's a big thing, and I don't know, I, I just, like I said, I'm always thinking about, well, not always, but I will 
think about cars and and how things work and why and and my I take my interpretation of it and I'm not an engineer I'm not there but I really do believe that our road we could cut down on accidents and 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 uh, bodily harm if we did a even if every other year safety inspection um, at this point in time the the state of California knows how many miles you drive a year. Not maybe maybe not today or on or Thursday, but overall they know how many dri- miles you drive. And I don't see any reason why we couldn't just sit down and go, you know what? If you're you know every ten thousand or twenty thousand miles, your car needs to go in to have a safety inspection. I mean, we do it for smog. Why wouldn't why wouldn't we just sit down and say, here's your notice. You have ninety days or one hundred and twenty days to have your car inspected. Well, you know that's that's a good point too because. Maybe something does happen. Hopefully not, you know, but maybe something does happen in your car and you get into an accident or something like that. And then then they really want to check into it. Insurance company say, you know what? That's not working. That wasn't working before the accident. And if that and if that happens, then they will be doing safety inspections. Because, yeah. um, you know, if you're in a situation that you wouldn't normally be in, and because a car pulls out in front of you, whatever the reason, I'm not saying it's your fault. I, I'm saying it's something you could not avoid, an accident. I think that's part of the definition. Um, it's not called it on purpose. Yeah, exactly. So, and let's say the tires on the rear of your car are bald on the inner edge. Well, you can't see it from looking at it. The outside looks right. great. Well, now that tire can't grip properly because it's a little misty out. Whatever. I mean... I'm not. I'm not trying to think about this one time in band camp. I'm talking about literally any of us every day. And now you lose grip, and now you create an accident, even though it wasn't your. It was you didn't instigate it. You created it because your car wouldn't do what it's designed to do because you didn't have the proper maintenance done. Well, I didn't know I needed it. I understand. Well, if we had an inspection by inspectors that actually look cars over, then you would know whether you need it or not. And then you could have taken care of it ahead of time and bam, enjoyed. You could have gotten the alignment fixed on the car and put new tires on it. And now you could have avoided that. And now you could have helped. And then let's say it's a pedestrian that didn't pay attention. Let's say it's one of those things you've never seen before. A person pushing a stroller on the phone, not looking as they cross the street because it said green. <laughs> Never seen that, huh? Never seen that in my life ever. That is a fictitious thing I just made up. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you must have seen it, like you know, on the way into the <clears throat> studio this morning. Exactly. So, <laughs> now whose fault is it? What gets me is there's a perfectly good sidewalk right there, and they're walking in the street or running in the street. Yeah, man. I know it's not necessarily you know, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. I I see where you're coming from here. Well, bicyclists are like shopping shopping carts. Yeah, yeah. You drive around, you just see a bicyclist, you just treat it like it's a shopping cart. You don't have no idea where the shopping cart driver is going to do with that shopping cart. I have no idea what that bicycle is going to do. Are they going to follow the rules of the road? Are they going to make their own rules up? Are they going to be a pedestrian? Or are they going to be a motorcycle? What are we going to do? Just choose one of them. I don't care. And, and the other day I saw an electric motorcycle, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, technically, I guess it is still in the classification of a bicycle because it's X below X amount of size engine. Right. But here he's traveling, I don't know, must have been 20 miles an hour, down the sidewalk. I'm like, uh, no, you need to be a motorcycle or at least a bicycle. Get off of the sidewalk. Yeah. 
and it was full on suspension and everything. It was a beautiful toy. I was real, I was I was like, wow, that's really cool. I wouldn't mind having one of those. But get it off the sidewalk. Yeah, not supposed to be on the sidewalk. So I I, I, yeah. I want to make sure our cars are safe. So so then this is this is the thing, and and this is where it becomes personal to me. Is so now your tires are bald and now you can't stop in time and now you hurt that person in the stroller. Maybe the other person doesn't get hurt, but the person in the stroller gets hurt. You have to live with the fact that you hurt that person in the stroller. Even though you did not instigate the situation, you became the reason why there was a situation. Right. And in my mind, it's all about sharing the same spot at the same time. We all share spots. We do, constantly. If you're walking down the road, if you're walking down the, 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 the sidewalk, you are sharing the exact mm-hmm. same spot as the guy walking in front of you at some point. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you don't share it at that same moment in time. Mm-hmm. And that's what we can't do, otherwise the bad stuff happens. Mm-hmm. If you're traveling on the freeway at 107 miles an hour, you are sharing the same moment and same time as the guy in front of you. It's just not at the. I mean, the same same spot, just not the same time. Mm-hmm. It's when you try to share that same time is when stuff happens. Right. And if we can avoid that by having our brakes done properly, having our tires done, and alignment done properly, all these things making our cars safer and work better. Uh, a horn. How many of us don't have a horn that work? Um, Horns are very important. Uh, flashing lights, you know, f- being able to know how to quickly and operate that flash to pass, uh, to, to do the high beam, low beam thing, to warn somebody. Uh, my daughter was saying last night when she was driving home, she was going up one of the hills at the house, one of the little slopey hills going to the house, and she saw a helmet. A bicycle helmet. She's like, that looks like a bicycle helmet. She goes, I'll bet there's going to be a car passing them. So she started slowing down. Sure enough, she had she had to drive off the side of the road so that the oncoming traffic have space uh, to go around the bicyclist and not hurt the bicyclist. Well, that's not her fault. That's because someone tried to pass a bicyclist going up a blind hill. We need to be ready for that. And she was, and she was prepared and ready to go. And if nothing had happened, she was still prepared and ready to go. So... We can't be prepared for everything. We just can't. If if we were, then we'd never be there. The accident would be a word in somebody else's language. Um, but having your car prepared is something that's on us as drivers, making sure that the seatbelts work, the airbags work, that the, the tires are in good shape and properly inflated. I don't know how many cars I've seen lately that have a tire pressure light on. Um, and the tire pressures I've been checking are good, but... As a driver, you don't know that. The tire pressure light's on. That means that something's wrong with the system. Unless you're checking tires every time, unless you've got that semi-truck, a two-foot-long wooden handle, where you go and tap the tires every time you get in, you don't know whether they're good or bad. And sometimes they're hooked up to the to the spare, too, right? Yes, there are some spares so that you have... you might check yeah. all four on the car... And, 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 and it could be that simple. Flat. Maybe you don't need anything. You just need to air up the spare. I'm not saying that's the problem with your particular car if your if your tire pressure lights on, but it may be that simple. All right, we're gonna break on this for just a second. Talk to Colleen. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine. I love the idea of this car inspection every so often because even newer cars can fail. 
that where would one start finding the items to check for the inspection? Do Ooh. they go by past experiences of, of the joints falling or breaks or bearings or inside of the tires? Where did they start? Who? How did they make up the rules of checkpoints for inspection? Well, currently, the state of California has a safety and light inspection. If your car has been uh, never been registered or is uh, um, has been a totaled or a um, it, yeah totaled, so it's it's a salvage title. It has to go through a safety light inspection, making sure all the lights work and the brakes work properly. Um, uh, and the car functions properly. And that's where you would start. For me, I would basically find a, a, a reputable repair shop that does a, a good vehicle inspection for an oil change and start with that. And that's a really good place to start is that inspection right there. Um, there's two places you could start right there. And then there's also a third. There's a, a standardized inspection list for medium-duty trucks and uh, buses, uh, um, multi-passenger vehicles, so anything above 14 people. Um, and there's another good spot to start. And they, they, you can just print those off. You can look at Google, and those come up. Um, and that's where I would start for a good inspection. So the, I know this, I love the idea of the smog, like you said, but then if we go to the inspection, they have to have past knowledge of which cars, what what item on the car is going to fail and cause a serious uh, action, you know, a crash or failure, stopping in the middle of a road or whatever. So they do have some guidelines on what what the inspection points would be? Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah. And in New York, there's other states that currently have been doing it for years. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. This is not a new concept at all. This is, like I said, New York's been doing it forever. That's just one state I know, but other states do it also. And it's so funny because we call ourselves progressive and then we don't do vehicle inspections, really. I have to do an emissions oh. test, but not a vehicle inspection. That's great. Thank you a whole lot. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. A lot of people should be aware that their car does have those little failures here and there. Agreed. Agreed. And, and, and you know, if we take care of ourselves, if we sit down, okay, so I'm not a big fan of having the government tell me what to do. But right. the flip side, the way we fix that is we just sit down and go, you know what? I'm going to have somebody reputable, the, the dealer, the, a uh, 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 really good repair shop in town, somebody like that do an inspection on my car once a year. And I'm just going to pay for it as part of an oil change. And I know it's going to cost me a little bit more, but that's okay because I get a full inspection. And now I know what my, what my car is capable of and what kind of maintenance situation. So there's two sides to this. First of all, I'm safer, so I'm not worried so much about myself and my car harming me or others. Secondly, the maintenance is done. So now I know my car is going to be able to be there more and more often for me when I need to use it. And that's just a win-win for the operator. And the owner. Well, you know, you say government are in our lives. Well, you know, when you sell a house or you buy a house, you have to have an inspection, which to me would be some little, they're diggy, they're just, they're just bad points. But a car, I would say inspection is so far more important after, say, five or six years, whenever there might be a breakdown. I'm not sure about how that goes with these newer cars, but you have to have an inspection no matter what. On a house, I think. So that's 
Great point. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. You have a wonderful day and uh, enjoy your day. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. So you can bring it upon yourself, and she's absolutely right. Bring it upon yourself. You just look at a state vehicle inspection. Um, I know they 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 sell them for medium duty trucks. Uh, they they just a card you can just look up online, and you could print it out, take it to your repair shop, and say, "Look, I need you to look at all the." applicable things you know air brakes is going to be part of it well your car's not going to have air brakes but any any repair shop that knows about cars is going to know okay well this doesn't apply this doesn't that doesn't apply this doesn't apply and they can it's a it's a good starting point for every car um if you look in your owner's manual in the back it will talk about services that service intervals and what things to look at for those service intervals and you can grab those take copies of it pictures of them and and highlight the things that are you're you're concerned with and highlight things that you may not understand um that way you can go over it with your service provider and this is a great thing about having a service service provider having a repair shop that you like and enjoy spending and, and like and trust and are able or willing or enjoy interacting with. Um, you know, we, it's, it's so nice to have a, as a repair shop, have a customer come in that you know, you recognize, say hi to, you know what the kids are doing, you, you, you know, you, you have a history of their cars, whatever. And as a owner of the car, it's gotta be really relaxing to just sit down and go, oh, I gotta take the shop, I gotta take the car in. Yes, there's the, I don't wanna spend money on the car, but, but if that's the, the worst of it, Wow, that's got to be so relaxing, and and you, and the only way to do this is to start a relationship. And I'm back to smog and oil changes, the best places to start a relationship. Don't wait till the thing's broken down, steaming on the side of the road. That's a horrible time to start a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you kind of do it when you when you bring somebody into the shop when they come in. Sometimes you'll point out, hey, this needs to get done. Oh, yeah. probably within the next, you know couple thousand miles maybe in the next month or two this needs to get done this is kind of starting to get worn out and stuff like that i wonder if the dmv maybe has anything like that they may have it like i said there's a state if you go by i'm sure if you go on the bureau of automotive repair website it'll give you an uh, um a list of things they do for the light and safety inspection Mm -hmm. and that's a minimum um and I'm sure it's a list because you don't want to go in and spend a bunch of money on light and safety inspection. They go, okay, well, the bulb's out on the turn signal. And you're like, really? Who cares? How's that going to make my car unsafe? Well, yeah. you fail the test. So there should be a list. I know when we did v- taxi inspections, the taxi, the, the companies that had the taxis had a list of all the things we're going to inspect before we ever saw the car. Mm-hmm. And it, and one of the companies in particular drove me nuts because they would come in and they would fail four or five things. And they go, really? Why did it fail for that? I'm like, well, you know, there's a puddle of oil underneath it. What do you mean? Why? It says right <laughs> in here, oil down. leaks. It has to be fixed. Yeah. Why would you bring a car in to have it inspected when you can see the puddle every time you start it in the morning? Yeah. This is not a, you know. The only thing I can think of is like the CHP mm-hmm. once in a while, you'll see them pull over semis. They do and a they, lot of that. Yes. They, they do. Sometimes even out here on Broad Street, they'll have them, you know, on mm-hmm. 227 part of it, and they'll have them pulled over, and they'll be inspecting them and mm-hmm. stuff. So um, I wonder if the CHP does it for cars. No, maybe at the, I've never their, heard of them doing their for their cars. No. Automobiles don't do it. They don't do – semi-trucks are different. Mm-hmm. 
Semi trucks have to need an inspection, and then they do spot inspections for weight. So they sit down and they actually weigh that truck on the side of the road. Okay. And they see if is it is it weight is the weight in the truck proper. They check and make sure the air brakes are working. They check and make sure the safety stuff is not leaking fluids and everything, because once again, semi truck against automobile is not a happy thing for the automobile. That is not a good day when you've got 4,000 pounds against 80,000 pounds. Yeah. That's a lose-lose that's a every time. I also think school buses have to go through it, too. School buses are, have the highest standard of safety and maintenance that I've ever seen on yeah. anything other than maybe an aircraft. Yeah. Um, because our little ones in them are in yeah, it. And exactly. on a school bus, when you get into an accident with a school bus, it's not you and your kid or you and the and your spouse and your kids mm-hmm. it's 60 kids and a driver yeah that have the potential of being hurt mm-hmm. and that affects a lot of people and there are babies and we want to make sure we take, protect our babies mm-hmm. as much as possible so that they're there and and i would imagine wow i i would love to see what school bus mechanics have to do to maintain and keep those things on the road yeah. and then the other thing is can you imagine being that poor bus driver if the bus broke down on the side of the road and you have 60 screaming kids and their families mm-hmm. worried because the kids aren't there on time, yeah. they're, the, the, uh, the have changed their schedules because the kids aren't on time because the bus is broken and you have to get into the bus and everything. So it's a, I could see it being a huge, huge thing. So yeah, I I say we got a phone call, but I think we wait till after the break, and hopefully they are okay to hold on, and we'll take the quick break, and I'll shush up. We will take the break, and yeah, they're they're fine to hold on. So anyway, this commercial here, this is kind of controversial what they talk about in this commercial, but I like it because it takes a local, uh, it takes it from a local standpoint. We're going back to 1976 with Bob Hope and Texaco, and they're talking about steam injection. So it's a little bit controversial, um, but it's local, and it shows the local, um, how how we're on the Central Coast and the Central Valley have really contributed to the oil industry over the years. Oh, yeah. And um, so he, uh, he mentions a local town here. Texaco Hope, and I'm going to show you one of the toughest holes in the world. Number two here, Texaco Santa Maria oil field in California. Once all we could get out of this well was five barrels a day. Today we're getting 80. You see, by injecting steam into oil wells, we can heat the oil and get more out than we could before. It's expensive, but it can help us become less dependent on foreign oil. At Texaco, we're working to keep your trust. Absolute Auto Tech in San Luis Obispo wants to extend thanks to all of their loyal customers over the years. Drive safe on the roads and take the time to maintain your automobiles. You can count on Absolute Auto Tech for high quality repairs for your safety and safe driving needs. Absolute Auto Tech has been performing auto repair services since 1997 at the corner of Sacramento Drive and Capitolio Way in San Luis Obispo. Come by or call 547-1062. That's 547-1062. Have you ever got that deer-in-the-headlights look from the salesperson at your local auto parts store? This, unfortunately, is common these days. But don't stress, there is an easy solution. Try shopping at Westside Auto Supply. 
Steve, Kevin, and Jackie have over 130 years of combined experience in the auto parts industry. They will only sell you the top quality parts for your hot rod or daily driver. Their prices are competitive with the box stores, so head to Westside Auto Supply at 56 Prado and Slow. Buy the best from the best. Westside Auto Supply. Stick shifts and safety belts, bucket seats have all got to go when we're driving. In the car, it makes my baby seem so far. I need you here with me, not way over in a <laughs> We did not plan this. <laughs> I just want to point this out. I picked the music before you walked in the door <laughs> yeah, this morning. And, and I didn't talk about anything I was going to talk no, about. we didn't. I never do. I just walk we, in and start we, talking. We didn't text. You didn't text me and say, hey, we want to talk about this tomorrow on the show. Anything like that. So it's cake so if anybody cake, wants to. Cake. Yes. Yeah, anybody wants to look it up. Stick shifts and safety belts. And uh, we did have a caller on the line. We got Alan and Slow. So we should get to that. Yep. Right, sounds so. good. Good morning, good morning Alan. Alan. That was great timing, though. I love it. I love it <laughs> really, we did not plan that at all. <laughs> How are we doing this morning, sir? Oh, doing fine, staying dry. I know when it gets cloudy later, good people remind people even before the windshield wipers go on. If it's getting cloudy, good to get those headlights on so others can see you. I like, I like it. Thank like you. That. Yes, headlights. I love it. Perfect. Yeah. Now the reason I'm actually calling is, let's see. Our our local high school does teach auto repair, correct? Yes, sir. And I believe Cuesta does that as well? Yes, sir. So whether they can do an inspection or not, I don't know, but I think it would be good to put the bug in the ear of those running those programs for them to set up with three inspections to give their students practice, although they might have to sign a disclaimer about uh, that kind of thing. But uh, anywhere, any chance any, to cut down the excuses for not getting the car inspected. I like that a lot. I mean, that would, that's really neat idea. Yes, of course, you want to do some kind of disclaimer and you, I, I don't know that you want to bring your Ferrari in, but, um, <laughs> but it would give your, the students, the automotive students, wow, that would, might, might be a little bit of a hassle, but I think it would be great for the education because mm-hmm. most of those programs have a representation of the automo, automotive industry. Now, they, they have different cars there, but to have people coming in and, and bringing their whatever in gives a wider range of experience for the students. It helps us, us in the industry, um, as far as you know, uh, when we hire those students, um, and and it would be a benefit for the owner because, like you say, there would be a free inspection. So it would be a win-win-win. Um, Wow, I really like that a lot. And you can even throw in that they're set up. They can always put air in the tire if they're set up for that. They would, and yeah. Maybe do an oil change or whatever. They could top off they fluids definitely. That, yeah. You know, if they had a few fluids, they could top those off at the same time. I like that a lot. If nothing else, it would it would help the students become more professional. Yep. It would help the owner of the vehicle to be more aware. Wow, they like that. And it gives a fresh eye, uh, um, a different perspective. I really like that a lot. Yeah. And, and that can develop over time. People are worried about going into a shop and then hitting, getting hit by, oh, you got to fix this and this, and they're too scared to do that. 
So this way they can get that done and not worry that somebody has a financial motive for recommending different repairs. You know, right. I, I had that kind of happen one time, long time ago. I was going to Allen Hancock College in, in Santa Maria. And I got to the college and I realized one day that um, one of my lug bolts was broken. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know why why I realized that maybe it was rolling around in the hubcap or I searched mm-hmm. something, but, um, but it was broken. Mm-hmm. So I drove it back to the auto shop back there and the teacher's like, we can fix that while you're in class. Cool. And I pulled the tire off the car and, uh, and put, um, I think a couple of new lug bolts in it. Mm-hmm. They had to. I like that. I like so, that. You know, sometimes student cars are are not the most well maintained. Yeah. Um, they could probably start by just working on student cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then expand from there as yeah. time permits. Yeah. I really like that. Oh. Yeah, it was actually a good. I mean, they just maybe called the auto parts store and got a couple yeah, of lug huh? bolts in, right. and they they did it before I left class that day. Nice. That's great. I, I love, love it. it. That's, That's a genius idea. Helping each other and getting, uh, you know, learn by doing isn't just Cal Poly. No. I, I, that's one of my favorite things with Cal Poly was learn by doing. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I love it. That's a genius idea coming from a genius. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just got to make, uh, get people's brains working. That's, that's my job. You do a great job of it. I'll tell you what, I'm, <laughs> I'm impressed <laughs> as usual. <laughs> Well, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in and, and, and being part of the show. That was awesome. Alan, you have a wonderful day. Um, so I really like that idea. Um, you know, and, and if, you're, if you know someone in, that, in those programs or, be, or you're part of those programs, or you may want to suggest and, and help. And, and so, so it's one thing to sit down and go and talk to, well, I don't know if, if, um, if Mr. V is still teaching anymore. I haven't seen him in quite some time. But... It's one thing to go in and say, hey, you know, this is what you ought to do. It's another thing to sit down and say, hey, what if you guys offered this? And is there anything I could do to help facilitate it? And maybe you could talk to, you know, his boss or um, or come up with a form or, you know, do anything, you know, think about a schedule or whatever you could do to help facilitate it. And if it's important to us, then it'll be important to them. If it's just a fleeting idea... There's a lot of fleeting ideas that go past my desk and past my ear that are great but never go anywhere because I'm busy doing other things in life. So it's it's up to us to make it a real, a reality. And you know, back to if we take care of our cars, then there'll be no reason for the government to have to take care of our cars. So if we're taking it upon ourselves to create that relationship with that repair shop and, and that service provider and repair shop. If we're taking it upon ourselves to create avenues to make things happen, then we won't be forced to have pay, use tax dollars to do the same thing because it'll cost us less in the long run. Anytime, and it's in my head, I see this, you know, let's say a, uh, um, a couch on the side of the road. Well, if I own that couch and I were to take it to the dump, to the landfill, it's going to cost, you know, let's say 40 bucks and take some of my time. If I drop it off in the, on the side of the road, it doesn't cost me anything except dropping it off. But what it does cost 
is we have to have a government agency that has a truck and two employees, mm-hmm. at least, to drive out to pick the couch up, yeah. put it in the back of the truck, and then drive it to the landfill, pay the 40 bucks to drop the couch off, and then drive back. Well, now we have two full-time yeah. employees and a vehicle on our tax burden, yeah. and you go, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not paying for it. Well, you are paying for it if you pay taxes. Exactly. And it costs five, ten times as much as just taking care of it yourself. In fact, a lot of times, if I see trash on the side of the road on the way home, I'll just put it in the back of the truck and just take it as part of my trash. Yeah, not to mention it's just ugly and it's disrespectful. It is. And, and, yeah. and as far as it's damaging our environment, yeah. uh, what leaches out of it, what blows around, and mm-hmm. it can be harmful to the, the wildlife. Yeah. And, yeah, like I said, it's just ugly. It's just Disrespectful. Uh, I, do you want a couch sitting? I mean, somebody owns that piece of property that you just dumped your couch on. Uh-huh. Do you want a couch dumped on your yeah, piece of property? Right, exactly. You want me to dump a couch in your front yard? Yeah, exactly. So, the, the, if we think about this the same way as far as auto repair and auto maintenance, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden we get to eliminate that whole government agency, which now we're not paying taxes on, and we got to do the repairs anyway. It doesn't cost us less to have a government-mandated inspection compared to a self-mandated inspection. It's still the same price. It's just now we don't have a whole government agency making it happen, which costs us more. And it's going to be higher fuel taxes, higher property taxes, higher something taxes to make it happen. So I think we just get together and make it happen and let the government do what the government does. I have a caller question. They couldn't stay on the phone, but uh, wanting to know about... um, He's thinking about picking up an SUV. He's just wanting to know. They're heavy. He, he, well, <laughs> but I'm fun. <laughs> Let me a drum roll. Sorry. Uh, you know, getting an SUV. You know, he's wondering if you know of any that are sort of low maintenance and good, um, good vehicles, basically. So the two that come to mind. There's the, unfortunately SUV today is it, there's a multitude of SUVs, mm-hmm. um, but in, from sizes and price and quality and everything. So the two that I come to mind are the Ford Explorer, the newer Ford Explorers. Everyone that I've talked to that owns one has said it's the best car they've ever owned. Bar none. And grown adults, not teenagers. Um, you know, people that have owned lots of cars, not somebody this is their first car. Yeah. Um, the Honda Pilot is one that people have, I've never had somebody complain about other than when they fail, of course, but they've been very reliable. Um, the Honda Pilot's probably a more reliable of the two. Um, the Toyota Highlander's not a bad option also. But I think I'm back to, I tell everybody, I, Ford has made me a Ford guy because the Ford fits us better as humans. Um, and, and let's just, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to stereotype and I'm not trying to say anything negative about anybody, but the Honda and the Toyota are built by, designed and engineered by Japanese people, which are usually smaller than us Americans. In, and that does in make a difference, height doesn't it? Yeah. And girth. Yeah, that Overall. Does make, and I guess it does make a big difference. It does make a difference. They yeah. don't carry a big gulp in their cars because they don't know what a big gulp is. You know, um, they never run out of uh, uh, a coffee mug holders because they don't probably drive with them. And I'm not right. I'm not 
saying anything negative anywhere other than that's what we do. And if the cup holders in your car are too small, it's not a big deal, except it's a hassle. Well, why not just make the cup holders bigger? Because they don't use big cups wherever that that car's designed. Maybe you don't need that big gulp. Well, and I'm not saying, (laughs) once again, I'm not poking at anyone. I'm just saying. Nothing against 7-Eleven, but anyway. (laughs) uh, I love the fact that the pedals move up and down, in and out, so that the person that's 5'2 can drive just as comfortably as the person that's 6'2 in this car, in the Ford Explorer. Not the, not just the seat moves forward, but the pedals move forward. So they're not hugging the steering wheel, that airbag right up against their chest in an accident. They have a comfortable space for their arms and a comfortable distance for the airbag to deploy because the pedals now come towards them. That's another genius invention, too, is the adjustable steering wheel. And the steering yeah, well, they the both have adjustable steering wheels, have- right. Oh, yeah, steering it wheels. is where they it just, is. Yep. They, they did not move. You had to put washers to take it apart and put washers if you wanted to tilt down. Yeah, now now they tilt down, and right. you can make it to your comfort level to drive the car. Agreed. Um, I love the keyless entry. I, I love having the keypad inside of my car door. I never get locked out, ever, ever. Um, there's a bunch of little things like that that I really, really enjoy. Um I have not been around the new Ford Bronco, the small one, or the big one. I was told the big one had crash safety issues but i don't know maybe in the small one i don't know um i i like i said explorer has been an incredible we've had we've had two explorers the older ones but we have we have two sorry um the shop has two um so that would be my recommendation um uh, those are the two i like uh the edge is not bad not a bad little car honestly if i was going to buy a used one I would definitely keep my eye out for a luxury one, if you're willing, because luxury cars lose their value very quickly. So you get a much better equipped car for a lot less price if you buy a luxury. So if you're looking at an Expedition, if you bought the Lincoln Navigator instead of the Ford Expedition, they start out, let's say, a $20,000 difference in price, but after five years, they may be a $2,000 difference in price. Um, and there's a lot more stuff to go wrong, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot more stuff that makes it nicer. It rides nicer. It's got more power for acceleration around stuff. Yeah. It has um, better shocks, better seats. The quality of the leather, the cushions, all that stuff is better because you can spend more money because they can afford to put better materials in because the car costs more initially new. Yeah, I, I actually drove an Expedition when I was in um, Missouri last time, and I loved it. They're nice. Yeah, it's a b- b- phenomenal car. My wife loves her car. I got that. Res- I got that. Uh, it was my rental car. I didn't really rent that, but they were out of the car that I rented, so I got that for no upcharge. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was just a nice car to drive, comfortable. Mm-hmm. Not that bad on the gas. It was, you know, not for a big car. No, yeah, no, yeah. And my buddy's got one. He's uh, he yeah. uses for as a limousine, uh, uh, alternative as a limousine alternative. And he went from the Cadillac to the Lincoln. He really liked the Lincoln. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, the newer Lincolns uh, are incredible. Uh, what Ford's been willing to do. Um, so just a thought. The other thing I and this is brought me into this another another theory and a thought that it hit my head was I was in a customer's car the other day and they had a great big big gulp size cup, but it had a little weird round flap top. Oh, what's that for? It was a trash can. So you put your small trash inside this 
cup. You could put coins, you could do whatever you wanted, uh-huh. but it had a little lid, so it's sealed. And I really liked it because it fit in the cup holder. So it wasn't, you weren't floating around the car. It wasn't just, it was, in the, and now if you're, I don't know if you're going to put very many, you know, sandwich wrappers, you know, a, 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 a hamburger wrappers in it, but you could put two or three. Um, but it was great. I thought it was great for small trash and, and little stuff around the car. There's our genius, our genius invention. Miniature trash bags. <laughs> there you go. Finish your trash bags. <laughs> run that by hefty. Run that by hefty right now. There like you go. I like that. Tra- Miniature trash yeah, bags. But we're going to copyright that before we get to. <laughs> Hurry up! Yeah, I'm talking to my lawyer right now. <laughs> I just saw it and I thought, wow, that was one of the first. That was one of the few things that came across my my uh, my desk or my in front of me that I really liked. Um, so. Oh, where are we at? The safety of trucks and cars. I, I, I really, I really hope that you have a relationship with a service provider you enjoy. Um, and I really hope that you can work with them and ask them questions. And, and I, I told a customer just the other day, she left the shop and I'm like, the only dumb question was not asked. So make sure you ask them. And, and don't, I always, I always as a service provider would rather walk out to your car, find that you're, you're, you're concerned about nothing yeah. than Walk out to the tow truck to realize that you were ignoring or didn't want to ask about something that was real. Mm-hmm. So if you, you if you think about the the same person, same noise, I don't want to ask. I, I don't want to sound stupid. And it, the car gets damaged in some way where it has to be towed in. Or same cars and same noise. Well, you know what? I don't know what it is. And I'd rather not find out the hard way. Come in and say, hey, Jason, what do you think? And I go, well, I think it's this. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, or we just had one late, a girl, a, a female, nice young lady, came in the shop and she had a noise. And it was just out, just barely. I could just barely hear the noise during the test drive. But at least I knew direction and um, brought in the shop and started playing around and found that she had a wheel bearing that was bad. It was just barely going bad. She caught it early. She's got good hearing. What can I say? And that's why I tried to tell her, uh, your hearing is uh, 40 years younger than mine, so you can hear stuff I can't, <laughs> which made her laugh because uh, she didn't think about that. And um, so we got a wheel bearing. And then in the process of driving again, I thought I heard something else. We brought in the shop, started playing, and she had some lug nuts that were loose, too. And the lug nuts were making making noise, and I think that was the noise she heard was the lug nuts. In the process of spinning the car and working on it, I heard a wheel bearing. Well, either one could have cost her, well, the lug nuts loose could have, would have been on the side of the road. She would have ruined the rim. There would have been a bunch of problems. The wheel bearing would have left her stranded also, but it would have gotten louder and more noticeable in the future. So... She, and, and I and I congratulate her because she had the wherewithal to look at the car, listen to the car, and bring it in yeah. and, and before there was a big problem. Because yeah. she probably still could have gone, you know, thousand miles yeah. on the wheel bearing, maybe even two thousand mm-hmm. on the wheel bearing before it completely failed. The lug nuts, I don't know. They weren't super loose, but they weren't tight. And it went from a noise. You could hear the noise driving in the shop slowly with somebody outside the car. You couldn't hear it inside the car mm-hmm. at slow speeds. But you could hear it outside. And then when we tightened the lug nuts, you couldn't hear the noise. So something in there was moving. And uh, uh, it, it, she really saved herself a lot of headache and a lot of hassle. So if you think about that as a driver, as a owner, operator, 
those noises may be something to think about. And once again, if you had that relationship with someone like like we have with Westside, and, and it's funny that deer in the headlights thing. Wow, I really like that. Um, you can feel comfortable saying, "Hey, Frank. Hey, Bill. I've got this noise. Can you come out and listen to it?" Yeah. And or and they come out. And and bang because you have a relationship instead of going, um, hi, I I I I I've never been here before. Can you listen to my car? And they go, I'm busy. I can't listen to your car. Or yeah. they listen. To, they don't listen to you and your car. They just do what they want. Or you build a relationship with somebody that you never knew before. Any of these things are possible. The cool thing is if you already have that relationship, then you aren't worried about the two negative sides. You're just it's just a matter of them rolling out. And as a service provider, I'm, I love the questions. I love the helping people. Um, I want to be there um, because there's questions I have. And my tooth hurts right now. Well, not right now, but if my tooth hurt right now, do I just not worry about it? Do I get some Ambisol? Do I just, you know, take some aspirin? Do I need to go have somebody fix it? I don't know. Till I till I go see my dentist and say, "Hey, what do you think about this big feller?" Um, I have all these questions my whole life. I've I've two big designs in my head right now. I'm coming up with that I've never seen done before, and I I already know that nobody's willing to help me with. Well, nobody's willing to take the liability of, and so I've got to create them or w- walk away from them. But Everything is that way. The first jet engine, the first whatever, the first toothbrush, whatever. All things are that way. Until we know it can or cannot be done, we we don't know. And I, it's nice to have someone you trust and can help you with those things. And I have a lot of those people in my life. And like I said, Westside, wow, it's so nice. You call over there and say, hey, I've got this, blah, 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 blah. And they go, oh, okay. And they have the right knowledge the right experience to ask, start asking questions to narrow down what they want. Even as a industry person in the industry, there's still things I'm like, all right, dude, I want this part, but I can't come up with a name. And we start talking and they, and we figure out what I want based on my descriptions. I know I got to get my butt off the radio. Um, so having someone like Westside that has the experience, you go to the other parts, I don't even bother the other part stores. I'm like, yeah, here's your part number. Oh, yeah, I can help you with the part number. Awesome, I hoped you could. Um, the, because otherwise, you're just speaking another language. I might as well speak in you know, French to these poor people mm-hmm. because they don't have the experience. And, and that all is so valuable when you need it. And that's why, well, that's why I support Westside All Supply because they have that experience they have that knowledge that willingness to help the ability to help um all right i guess i better roll you guys have a wonderful weekend enjoy the rain it's always awesome and we will talk to you next weekend thank you The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.